Hello, welcome to another episode of the Spur 2016 podcast and the direct aftermath of Bulgaria 2, Northern Ireland 1. My name is Andy Bell. I'm joined by Craig Hannon, Ben Harshaw. And Craig, we'll come to you first. Um, it was a dreadful performance, but at this stage, you sort of can't be arse fuming about it. I know. I don't want to. You don't want to sort of start the podcast sort of picking apart every single one of them, uh, including the manager. But um, I think after the the, the first half, you get in a half time like quite happy with it. You know, you should have taken your the, the other chances. You know, on another night you might have. Um, but we've got the goal somehow, especially considering the way that we get the goal with it being VAR, and it was so obviously onside. By the way, but you just you felt that it wasn't just with the way the linesman had sort of um, put his flag up straight away. And you get you think what you want from the second half is you want the team to build from that then. Um, and and what it looked like was that actually Bulgaria had got them in, got themselves in at half time. The manager had sort of stuck a rock up their arse and gone like, remember the time that they played on when 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 one of your one of your mates was on the floor? Well, I was really going, wanting it to be that fellow who played him on side, but it wasn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, go go out and stick it to them, and and for the first ten, like we just looked all over the place, um, and 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 from there it didn't it didn't get much better in the second half. That's all correct, Ben. And I think it's the type of performance, certainly in the second half, and we will come on to talk about Barakloff, but it looks like the type of team performance that was so dysfunctional that it can just get a manager sacked, or in this case, contract not renewed. It was I was I was furious at times. In the first half, Washington was pressing and Connor Bradley was pressing. And you know, they're two really, really good pressures of the ball. Connor Bradley, because he's been at Liverpool, and um, he's obviously brought up in that way. And Connor Washington's always been that player. But then the midfield were sort of 20, 30 yards behind him, and it was almost like Lads, is, have we never worked on this in training? Have we never done this? So do we not know that you know one or two men pressing is redundant? It's, there's no point in it because they can just play around you. You need then that backup from midfield. And there was so much tonight. You know, the back three as well, I thought were quite poor. The midfield were poor and um, doesn't reflect well in Barclough. No, no. Um, as you said, we'll talk about the manager a bit later on. But yeah, that's one of the things that worried me the most was there was no structure. It didn't look like we we're playing as a team. You know, you had a couple, a couple of people, as you said, pressing midfield, not pressing. The defense was all over the place. Um, no, they just, they just, they really lacked organization. You know, and and structure. And you know, Barclough didn't get this job last week, but you know, he's he's had quite a lot of games. What's eighteen, I believe. Um, yeah. And you know, we should be. I know there was players missing, but there was there was players missing for other games last month and and yeah, for Bulgaria Switzerland, and it didn't look like this. Yeah. You know, Bulgaria made seven changes. It wasn't even as if it was, um, you know, a, a top Bulgaria side. They'd just gone to Lithuania and, and lost 3-1. It's it's a really, really poor result, Craig. It's it's one point from six that we've got against Bulgaria. It is, it's not as bad as the one point from six we got against Luxembourg, but in the same campaign, we get one point from six against Azerbaijan. And it's the Bulgaria right now are amongst those nations. They've got loads of players playing in the local league. Um, they've had some horrendous results. Okay, they do get the the result in Italy, but I, I haven't seen the highlights. So I assume the result they get in Italy is due to you know a staunch defensive performance, getting one chance and riding their luck. Whereas tonight they didn't ride their luck. First half, okay, we were better, but second half they had chances to make that three and four, and um, they were completely dominant. Our midfield were completely overrun, and they looked like the better football team out there. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, and I think you know. <sighs> What 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 you're sort of looking for? We know that Barakloff had a, had a had a tough job on his hands when he came in, um, but when you think back to the results um, just before or just at the end of uh, of O'Neill's time, there was still 
there were still performances. You know, you think of the the Holland away game. We get B three one, but God, we were so close to winning that one. You know, the the the, the we obviously draw with them at home, and 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 towards the end of O'Neill's time, there were like real sort of you know rays of light, I suppose. And um and and you know, since Baraklov has come in, we haven't really had many of those. Like obviously, there's the madness of Bosnia, but amongst all of that, there's there's a really really poor Nations League. You know the, the the World Cup qualifying we've seen where we have a we have a, a decent um, a, a very good in the context of the rest of his time as Northern Ireland manager um, uh, international break during the last one where you know we beat Lithuania we 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 get a friendly win um, against Estonia and then we draw against Switzerland but you know that's all in the context of a really poor rest of uh, of, of of time in charge for him and. Um, and this is the kind of game that you wanna you wanna see a performance, you wanna see a win from them, um, and and you wanna sort of you wanna see them you wanna see them bounce back from 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 the defeat against Switzerland because we were miles off it against Switzerland, like we, we we got nowhere near them. They should have hammered us. Mm-hmm. Um, but you think, well, it's you know it's it's Bulgaria, and and, and you wanna see them sort of um, put in a performance that says, right, we're not gonna qualify, but. Um, you know, we're ready for the for the for the for the you know the next qualifying or the Nations League or whatever tournaments coming up next. Uh, I can't keep up anymore. Um, but we don't get that, and I think that's the that's the sort of disappointing thing here is that we can't really see any sort of hope. And and if you don't have hope as a as a sort of uh, as a as a fan of Northern Ireland, then you know you don't have much else really. Completely, Ben. That's the that's the thing that's that struck me throughout this um, these last couple of international windows. You know, you have those two friendlies in June, and there's some interesting things he does. He gives some players that he wasn't previously given games to. He was giving them some time in the pitch. We get the win in Malta. Obviously, you know, the obvious caveat: it's Malta. But then we go into September, and as Craig says, we have we have three really good results and three encouraging performances. And you're coming out of that thinking, okay, well, even at the time, we still thought we're probably not going to qualify for this. We're probably no chance of second, realistically. But there were those glimmers of hope. There was Lavery coming through. There was McCann, albeit we don't have those this international break. And that is something we do have to say, albeit it's no excuse. And um, we did have that hope. I'm just coming out of this. And, you know, you can have the excuses for the, the Switzerland game. The red card does change it. Who knows what would have happened. But then to follow it up with tonight, there's nothing positive about this last month. For Northern Ireland, no, at all. no. I mean, let's put to bed any any talk of expectations being high for us. Like going into this qualification campaign, I was under no expectations for us to qualify with Switzerland and with Italy. Mm-hmm. Not a chance on this earth. Michael O'Neill wouldn't have qualified. You know, mm-hmm. Pep Guardiola wouldn't have qualified with our squad. Let's be honest. Um, but the minimum expectation is six points against Lithuania, which is still obviously achievable, and I still think we will get that. And a minimum of four points against Bulgaria. And, yeah, I, and, and I would still be quite disappointed at that. And, you know, we've got one point against Bulgaria and, you know, we haven't got Stoichkov, we haven't got Berbatov here. I mean, that, that's a crap Bulgaria team, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that, that, as Craig said, you need hope. You need to see that we're building towards things. And I just don't think that we are. I, you know, I just don't think that the players seem to... And, and I, I'll be honest with you, I thought this at the start of his, his, his tenure that the players looked a bit all over the place and not sure what they were supposed to do. And and, and I actually saw them during a few games going over and questioning them and going like, what what am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? And I thought we'll grow, we'll grow into it. We're not growing into it. We're not getting any more assured. And it's just, it's just not going in the right direction. 
I think like what I think what you said there about um, the minimum expectation about beating the likes of Lithuania and uh, and that 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 that's that is absolutely true. I think what would have been different with O'Neill is O'Neill would have made them feel like they could uh, they could get the second place ahead of uh, Switzerland. That he would have made them feel like you know we, that he can get a result against Italy, even if you know it, it felt madness. And you know you think back to the last qualifying campaign where it's. It's Germany and, and Holland, and I went into that sort of with exactly the same feeling. Obviously, you've got like the safety blanket of of of, of O'Neill, but um, you still felt you know there wasn't a chance. And then somehow towards the campaign, you're you're finding yourself sort of believing that there is there's this like little glimmer of hope. And I think that's the difference is that we don't see, it doesn't seem to be it doesn't. It, it, there isn't he isn't making us feel as if we believe that it could happen and, and I'm not sure we can see it in the players either. And look, O'Neill, when O'Neill started got his, his first qualifying campaign was poor. But like like Ben said there, like this, you know, he hasn't Barakloff hasn't started yesterday. He's had a full campaign and he's had a Nations League campaign as well. He inherited um, the best Northern Ireland squad in That's what I was gonna say. This is the thing that people keep saying, you know, Michael O'Neill had a bad... And I'm, not yeah, saying, I'm not saying this is what you're saying, Pete, like, But yeah. Michael O'Neill heard other shit from Nigel Worthington. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has inherited, as you've just said, the best Northern Ireland squad will probably... Well, definitely in my generation, you know, other than other than the 2016, from that was all the same, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Barclough should have been taking that on from there. You know, we were in a good position. Absolutely, Craig, the... Team selection is pretty bizarre. Um, I'm not really sure why Flanagan's in this in the squad at all. He's what sixth choice center half for us behind the three that played or the other two that played tonight, Johnny Evans, uh, Kieran Brown, um, and maybe even Paddy McNair as well. I mean, this guy's playing in League One. I understand he's had a, a decent enough season, but we can't be in a position where we're owing these guys games, or you know, there's no way Tom Flanagan's banging on the manager's door and saying, if I don't get started in Bulgaria, I'm walking out and never playing for you again. You know, um, so, you know, there's that side of it. I thought he looked ragged. I thought the three of them just weren't very good in general. And that's a back three that even in Switzerland, you know, they're they're the ones that come out of everything with a lot of credit. They've built a brilliant relationship without Johnny Evans. Yes, they've, you know, been a little bit all over the place at times at moments in games, but over the last sort of four games they've played, they have looked good, especially Kieran Brown, who I've had my doubts about. Um, and he goes with uh, he goes with Flanagan, and especially when you're doing, I know it's the other side, but you're doing Bradley, and you want to give him a little bit of protection there. The very least you need is 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 a solid three behind him to sort of feed, make Bradley feel like he can be a little bit more adventurous. And if he loses the ball, then that's that's not too big a deal. Um, but without Johnny Evans to then make another change at the back three was surely asking for trouble, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I've been the same with with Kieran Brown, and I've been I've been so impressed with him. Um, and you can see, look, he's got his limitations, but mm-hmm. you know, he, he he put everything into the, the performance during the last international break, and obviously the the, the game against um, Switzerland as well. I thought I thought he was excellent. Um, I, you'd imagine it's a fitness issue. It, it mm-hmm. can't be. It, he can't. He wouldn't have been changing it. Um, you know, if he if he had him sort of fully fit and available, surely. Um, he, he was on the bench as well, though. Yeah, as, I, uh, I just wonder if it's whether he could have done the ninety or whether I'm not. I'm not sure. I just I just don't see a world in which he would have he would have decided. No, I'm going to drop him now after the performances that we've seen from him. I just think, in terms of the three at the back, I, I quite like Ballard in there, and and I like. I like having the three there whenever you're playing someone like um like Bradley because I thought he was really bright. Um and I think what you sort of see from him were his, you know, you can see why um the coaches at Liverpool and, and Baraclough's talking about him not 
potentially being a right back and maybe playing further forward because of the his position. Like I love to see his heat map for the game because mm-hmm. it's more like a right wing um, at times that drops back because he has to for Northern Ireland. But I think having those three there behind him would have really helped him in his debut and, and it helps sort of um, get the best out of him. But um, I thought Ballard was okay. I, like, I quite like Ballard in the three as well. I think he's the one that sort of you're able to see bring it out from defence a bit more. He's a bit less limited than the others. But again, he's, he's a young lad. I mean, I was thinking I was ta- I was thinking about this before the game and I was like, that's like Ballard's young as well. And then I was like, fucking hell, do you know what? Bradley's four years younger than him. Yeah. It just goes to show how young I, he is. I saw some today, like uh, Connor Bradley was one day and, or sorry, one year and 41 days old when Davis made his debut or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah. He was brilliant in the first half. He was, like he's, he was really you know, he's good. fearless. Yeah. And, you know, there were a couple of moments where, you know, he, there's maybe the wrong decision here, there, but you know he's an 18 year old, and he and he's gonna do that in the same way that we saw that when he made his debut for Liverpool. But there's definitely enough there to be excited about, and I was a bit, I was a bit gutted when they brought him off, to be honest. Ben, yeah, I want to come on to talk about that. I think that's a really poor substitution. Um, what is the reason for it apart from pure narrative? As I was saying in the chat, it's it's just a narrative thing. It's just, you know, Shane Ferguson's the older player. He's, you know. Um, Connor Bradley, he's only 18. It's his first start, which therefore we have to bring him off. Why do we have to bring him off? He was our best, he was he was our best player in the first half. He was offering loads. He's 18. He you know, there's no problem with him with him doing the full 90 minutes, albeit, you know, and I understand it's not purely an age thing. You know, he hasn't played that many first team minutes, but he does 90 minutes for Liverpool in the League Cup, I believe. Um, and there's no there's no need to bring him off there. If somebody, whether they're 18, uh, whether it's a first start or not. If somebody's putting in the performances he was putting in, and he was a real, real asset for us down that right-hand side, he was a real option for us. His speed to get up and join the break was frightening at times. Um, there's the one where Thompson has a shot where he really should play in Bradley, and Bradley could be in one-on-one. He was, as Craig says, yeah, at times he did panic a little bit and he did make the wrong decision, but he was so good in that first half. And, you know, it's not as if Dallas can't come on and do left wing back ahead of Ferguson, who, by the way, Ferguson was absolutely fine, but... Is, that's just kind of indicative of the conservative, pragmatic, needlessly pragmatic at times, um, defensive option for me. And, and is that at 2-1 or is that at 1-1? I'm not quite sure, but it's a, yeah, it's certainly at 1-1. It's, it's, it's not at 1-0 he does. Is it a 2-1? Yeah, well, that's yeah I think so. Saying. I think so. But it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Why? Well, there's, there's no explanation as to why. I mean, to be honest with you, he was probably about the last player on that pitch that I would have taken off um, for, for several reasons. For for reason one, he was showing some initiative. He was trying to get forward. Yes, as Craig said, it, it was the odd time where he was out of position. Was, well, he's 18 years old. He's playing his first full international starting. He's going to make mistakes, but let the kid grow. But take all that aside, he was the only one, well, not the only one, but he was one of our only players that was trying to take the game to them, that was trying to be um, offensive, was trying to make runs. You know, he, he was making things happen. And, and you know what? All he's going to do by playing on is grow and grow, mm-hmm. you know, and the more time on the pitch. I, you know, I thought Shane Ferguson was fine. There's nothing against him. And, and, you know, I like Shane Ferguson. I think he, he should definitely be around us. No, but Stuart Dallas plays left back for Leeds, mm-hmm. you know. So why on earth would you not have just done that? Or take off one of the centre-backs, go to a back four then at that stage, get an extra winger on. You know, there's so many different things that you could have done. But as you said, he's so pragmatic. He's so regimented. You know, there's there's no flexibility. I mean, I'm sure you're going to touch on it, but it goes on to who played up front. And, you know, I, I checked the night. You know, we know. Uh, Joshua, there's nothing terribly wrong with Josh. He should have scored. Um, but, 
you know, we know what Josh can do. Why not play someone like we saw the we saw what we got from playing fast players in the last international break. So why not play like a Jordan Jones or something from the start? Get something different. And you know, when I looked at that, McGuinness um and Washington was who we started in the playoff final, which was a year ago now, mm-hmm. and he's still starting them now. It didn't work then and it hasn't worked now. Yeah, absolutely. And Craig, only for the emergence of Shane Lavery, he'd probably still be playing those two and he would have played those two right the way through. He stumbles across this, really. And he stumbles across this Washington-Lavery partnership that he, he he has to play last month because McGuinness isn't fit. And it, it, it works a treat for him. But up until then, you know, even in the June friendlies, the you know, McGuinness starts both of them. And again, it's like, well, there's a chance to give somebody else a, else a go there. And you know, if he's happy to to ring the changes and okay, yeah, you make the point about about Kieran Brown, he might have been injured, he might not have been completely fit. But if we take it at face value that he, he just has made a couple of changes there tonight, he's obviously been happy to throw Bradley in, which is good, but he's made a change at the back. And so why why could we not see something a little bit different up there? I understand why you can't do Charles um because he hasn't been playing, but you know, I, I feel like Barraclough has made progress with the team selections over the last year. They have been a little bit more exciting, a little bit more risky. Um, and his subs against Switzerland are, are really forward thinking. But it, it again, like the performance, like what we've seen, the arc we've seen under Barraclough, it seemed to be all a little bit back to square one tonight. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a massive shame with with, with what had happened with Laverty. And, um, you know, just at a time where I was getting, and I'm sure we all were getting really, really excited about you know what he was doing both um, when he played it during the, the the last break for Northern Ireland, but obviously what he's done since then, and he's continued the form since then um, at Blackpool. And mm-hmm. you know it's a it, it's a massive shame. I think I'm trying to think of it in Barraclough's shoes, and if I'm Barraclough, I'm saying, well, I don't have lots of options up there, and 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 McGuinness has done it in the past, mm-hmm. sparingly really, not very often, but. Um, you know, he's he's one of the lads that I can sort of trust away from home, um, whether it's to make the ball stick up top, whether it's to be a threat from set pieces um, and, and and every now and then to bag one. I think, you know, when you look at both Washington and and and, um, and McGuinness as a two together, you're not looking at that and thinking, tell you what, goals are not. You're just not at all. Um, and I think you see, you, you know, I think that's, this is, this is Norland's main problem. It's, it's, it's scoring goals, it's taking chances. Um, and, and then allowing a, 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 the other team, the opposition team, to get into the game. And I think that's exactly what you saw tonight. Like the first half, we had sort of two good chances, two really good chances. One from McNair at the back post, where you should bury. Um, where you know, if you if you get one of those, then there's still enough time to get the second and so on. It just seemed that we got the first, and then you're just getting to half time, and there isn't that sort of next step. And um, yeah, I, th- I think he needs. I think we all need Lavery back um, for the for the next games, just for that little bit of hope up up top that at least there is a man to 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 to, to, to sort of drag the defenders everywhere like he did uh, against Switzerland and um, and hopefully bag one. Yeah, you say um, Washington McGuinness doesn't scream goals. Um, nobody thinks you're going to get a goal from them. Not least the referee who just saw a McGuinness header Washington follow up and thought, nah, something must have gone wrong. That's why he was pretty yard offside. Um, but Ben, we'll come on to talk about the midfield, then we'll do Barraclough because, as as I said a little bit earlier, I don't think we've really focused on it yet. Like, I, I think it's probably Thompson's worst game in a in a green and white shirt tonight. He's really, really poor. It's as we said to Craig in the pre ball before you joined. He's like. He's sort of this player who's like goes out and plays midfield and um is told he's a number 10 and he thinks that every single pass has to be a cutting edge through ball. And in reality, that's the hardest thing to do in football. That's that's the end product. That's the 
that's a final pass. It's talked about how difficult that is. Players are worth 60, 70 million because they can provide that on a regular basis. You know, that nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100, when you get the ball, that, that pass isn't on. But he seems to try it a hell of a lot more than than what he should be doing. He doesn't look after the ball particularly well, which you need to do away from home. I don't care whether it's Bulgaria, Lithuania, or Italy, you do need to do that. Um, and again, with him, last three of her performances have been really good. He's seemed to be more mature. And then tonight, I mean, the free kick at the end sums it up. He was he was really poor, as were the rest of the midfield. And Davis isn't exempt from that. No, I mean, I actually thought he started the game reasonably well. Um, but he completely, I mean, I'm talking maybe the first 10, 15 minutes, and then he just completely faded. Um, and as you say, he's trying, he's trying the overjuberant ball rather than just doing the simple thing. And you have to just be able to do that simple thing. I mean, some of the best midfielders in the world just do the simple thing, you know, and, and come back to this when you're doing that simple thing, nine, eight, nine, ten out of ten, and then you can start trying the stupid things. Um, and how many times did you try and do the flaming Maradona turn when he's getting the ball? You know, just lay it off, get back in position, then we've got our shape, you know. It, it just... He, as you said, he, he did he did look good in the last couple, but you know, we're not I'm not gonna write him off on the basis of, of a poor game tonight because the whole team was poor. Um but but yeah, I mean he stayed on. Did he stay on the whole game? I think I think he did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, and I mean idea. I mean how how I mean I know I'm coming back to the manager game, but how that wasn't seen that he I mean he was having a shocker second half in particular. Yeah, and you can put Dallas in the midfield as well. He's been playing there for Leeds this season. Uh, just a final word, Craig. Just, on just that free kick, by the way, the Jordan oh Thompson free goodness. kick. I was about to, I was about to throw my my remote at the TV, really, because like probably would have been closer, I, mate. I, I, I saw him. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him I think it was Dallas lined up, and I thought, no, it was Jones. I think was the other Jones, one. Yeah. Was it Jones? Yeah. Fuck me then. Um, <laughs> you know, but I thought to myself, I was it's like, like Dave's must... worst nightmare, isn't it? Thompson on one side and Jones on the other. <laughs> I thought to myself, he must, oh, he must hit, he must hit free kicks for Stoke. I'll have a look. I looked at his, his record, and he's he's scored once for Stoke in sixty games. It's like <laughs> fuck it out. And I looked that Consistent. up before he before he hit it. And then obviously, what you saw was <laughs> it, it, like you could have put two goals on top of each other, and it wasn't going in. Indeed, yeah. Um, let's do some comments. This is going to be really, really fun. I'm sure. Um, I haven't read through any of them, so uh, let's see. Um, Ryan Adams absolutely embarrassing second half worst results in, since Luxembourg in 2013 hard to disagree with that Chris on Twitter says Barclough has no business at this, at this level uh, William says subs again were strange not good enough for an international manager Adam says realistically we dominated most of the game got uh, very unlikely two, glass, uh, two really class goals respect to Barclough um, as he played a few inexperienced lads in Flanagan and Bradley um, and it didn't pay off we move on to the World Cup dream has already been uh, the World Cup dream was already done. Jesus, Adam, I could have done with some punctuation here, mate. Uh, give some of the young lads game time next international break. Um, let's see, what do we see? What do we see? Mark I think Houston. that's an important point. I think that's something that, like, you, you obviously we get to see a bit with with Bradley and and you know Ballard's been sort of, um, we've seen him sort of progress throughout. But I think that's that that'll be a massive thing now in terms of next month and then. Um, I think it's the Nations League. I'm trying to remember what's next. Yeah, Nations um, League quadruple header in June. That's gonna be yeah, really and, and that's and, and and now that we've been relegated, we've a much better chance of making a semi final mm. in, that, in that. So that's yeah. that's huge. But in terms of the next two games, like you want to see these young players get a go. Um, Connor Bradley being there again because he deserves to be, whether Jamal Lewis is back or not, and um, and 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 you know the likes of McCann hopefully be back as well that we've been really excited about as well. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Mark Houston says, second half was abysmal. Such a collapse compared to first half. Didn't even want to use his bench and should have changed the formation after the equaliser. Only positive was Bradley. Um, Ivan McLean, players at Barcliffe down. Um, Curless with the ball. Chances were there to be out of sight in the first half. Um, players should have managed the spell of Bulgarian pressure better. Shankel Gawa says, Barcliffe doesn't like good footballers. Peter McNeil, the second half was miserable. Midfield were so poor. Even Davis had a poor game. Thompson was on a mission to lose the ball. Um, yeah, we'll leave it there because we want to do another 10 minutes because uh, we want to talk about Ian Barraclough. Okay, here are the numbers. Dave posted these in the chat. So Barraclough has three wins, brackets in 90 minutes in 18 games. Uh, Lithuania, who were ranked 137th in the world. Estonia, ranked 111th in the world. And Malta, ranked 171st in the world. Um, scored 16 goals, seven of them were against Malta um, and Lithuania. 24 goals conceded, three wins, five draws, 10 defeats. Five goals in this qualifying campaign in six games. Four of them were in Lithuania, two of them were penalties. 16.7% win rate. And I put up a poll on Twitter um, after, the, after the Switzerland game. And, uh, 76% of people said uh, they would give Barclough a new contract then. 20% weren't sure. 4% said they wouldn't. I put the exact same poll up tonight. 28% said they would give him a new contract. 16% say they're not sure. And 56% say no, they wouldn't give Ian Barclough a new contract. So, uh, Who says yeah. football fans are fickle? Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> but here, well, this is the thing, isn't it? We're in, in an international, you're supporting an international team. You only get one game every two months sometimes. Yeah, you know, after November, we don't play for four months. You have to be fickle. Managers don't get 20, 30 games like they would do in the Premier League. You have to show it straight away and you have to be pragmatic. Um, where are you at with it? Uh, I mean, I, th- I think it's probably fairly obvious, but whoever whoever's comment you just read out said that he has no business being at this level is 100% right. He never did have, and he, and he doesn't have now. Okay. Um, Craig, anything to add to that? I mean, I'm sort of in the camp of, not that I'm convinced by him by any stretch of the imagination. I, you know, it's it's very much a case of we're Northern Ireland. We don't pay that much money. We There's not very many managers we can get there have been shoots at times in international breaks do you think tonight was like so bad that we we just have to look elsewhere and Euro 2024 is massive for us it could be our our best chance to qualify for a, a major tournament for for 10 years you know what the t- who knows what the team looks like in 10 years time I mean it's a big decision for the IFA yeah it's difficult because you've got players like Davis and, and Evans who you know might come come to the end of their well they are coming to the end but we don't know exactly if it's a if it's a year it's two years or whether they think we'll 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 try and get another i mean surely not for davis but for for johnny someone like johnny evans another three or four years i think it's really hard because if i see a list of of potential candidates for the role it doesn't inspire any sort of Mm -hmm. hope from me either really and i feel like you know if we've if if he's been if we've given him this much time and um, we're not seeing what we're not seeing enough hope. Then is is there any point in sticking with him? I mean, the first the thing first thing I would do if I was the FA, the IFA is I'd be speaking to Davis and speaking to a couple of the players and sort of understanding where they're at because they might say, well, you know, the the results haven't been there, but you know, we're enjoying it. We're you know, you, there's we believe that he's the right man and so on. Um, it just doesn't look that way in the pitch. Um, and 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 if we had if if there was a candidate out there where I'm looking at them and I'm thinking. You know, he'd, he'd, he'd come in there and grab this by the scruff of the neck, then maybe, but I just don't know who that person is. 
that's a problem, Ben, isn't it? Where, you know, with Northern Ireland, you either have to go for the sort of experienced managers who's done, the, some of them done all right at club level, but Craig mentions that guy who you know is going to come in and take them by the scruff of the neck. Well, he's going to be snapped up by somebody who's going to pay more money. Uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's a Northern Ireland manager. Either we go for the Michael O'Neill, the Barraclough appointment, which is a big risk. They haven't achieved much that much in their careers, but they're young, they're up and coming, they're progressive, supposedly progressive. When we appointed Barraclough and... Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a risk. It could go dreadfully wrong. But the payoff in the sense of Michael O'Neill was was so great that you can kind of go for that again. It is a it is a massive issue in the sense that there's not that many people available. I guess Stephen Robinson, Grant McCann, Tommy Wright would be the three, you would think, unless they're going to promote from within with the likes of Hughes and McCauley. But even they've just started their coaching careers. I don't think they're going to get an international job that quickly. Um, so, you know, you say he's no business at international level. Are you, are you not concerned by the... The list of candidates is, or is there anyone that you particularly think would come in and do a job? No, I mean I completely agree. I mean that's the one thing when you hear football fans saying, "Oh, I want this manager right." The obvious question is to say, "Well, who have you got to come in?" Mm-hmm. And there isn't, there isn't, you know, there's no absolute standouts there. But I do, I don't, I don't feel like he stands out above any of the names you've just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he did whenever, whenever they were interviewed for the job. At the same time, obviously, I wasn't there for the interviews, and and you know they wanted to go down the under twenty one route. I, you know. And I don't know if this is xenophobic or whatever in one way. I would rather have a Northern Irish person with a connection managing Northern Ireland. I might be wrong for me to say, but I think they get more grace from the fans. Um, and and you know what what you know that's why I said what, what has he got to be at that level? What what is his record to be an international manager? I mean, he did okay. It's one season at Sligo. People talk about him keeping Motherwell up. But, I mean, he got them in the relegation situation in the first place. Um, I, I felt I would have rather have... The only one that was interviewed for the job that I wouldn't have rather had would be Kenny Shields. Um, so I'd have rather had Robinson. I'd have rather had uh, Jim McGilton. Definitely a Stillwood. Um, I'd rather have Tommy Wright. And I'd definitely rather have Stephen Robinson. It's interesting when the whole the Northern Irish chat, is that something that, that bothers you really, Craig? I mean, certainly it's, it's one of those where... Um, they're naturally going to have more of an affinity. That happens straight club level when there's local lads come into the team. You're going to have more of an affinity with the supporters. That's not to say, you know, that, that people born outside Northern Ireland can't win over the supporters. I mean, we love Ali McCann, we love Ballard. and But, um, I mean, it wouldn't be at the, at the forefront of, of what I was thinking. I think we've got a problem in Northern Ireland with a shortage of coaches coming through and um, coming through under the IFA anyway. And systemically, there's a problem there, to be honest. Um, and that's not Ian Barraclough's fault. That's the fault of 20, 30 years of, of how the IFA has been, been working. Um, is, that, is that something that, that you would consider if you were to look for a new manager? I think I, th- I think it's hard. I think that with Barraclough, his his link was that, or well, his, his, his main selling point was the fact that he had been um, manager through the youth level and so that you know that he with these players that were coming through that he would he would bring them through and blood them and they'd know him uh and 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 they'd already built up this this sort of understanding this this relationship with him so i think that was his sort of selling point and, and i mean it definitely it it it's, it's there's definitely something um sort of nicer about a footballer that's like O'Neill, for instance, that's played for Northern Ireland, that's you know that's 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 sort of experienced things with the national side, and then and then is 
uh, as become manager. I think it's it's probably it's probably less of a bit of a big deal to the players than it would be to us in terms of like you mentioned there. There's so many now that are you know part of this, whether it's Washington or or Jamal Lewis or you know that 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 are not Northern Irish and and so. You know, it's not like they'll be looking to Barclough and 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 sort of questioning that about him. Um, so, I mean, no, no, not it's not a massive deal in that if there was some brilliant that said, "I'll have a go at Northern Ireland," and he was English or he was whatever, I wouldn't care. I'd get him in. Um, yeah, it just yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's. I mean, it's a shame that uh, the Stoke are doing so well, and I, and I and I look out, I look out for the results and think like, oh, you know. Like getting, I'm, I'm I'm made up for uh, for O'Neill and and either doing this season, but like I mean, there's a world in which it doesn't go well for him. He gets sacked and then he has a little look over here and comes back. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's just dream talking, it really. <laughs> can I just can I just clarify what I was saying? I wasn't saying like don't get me wrong. I love Ballard and I love mm-hmm. Washington and all those and anybody that wants to come and represent Northern Ireland, be it a player or a manager, you know, I'm off I'm off for it. What I'm saying is. For some, I, if I was given a choice between someone of an equal level, which yeah, I view, which I view Barclough with all the ones that I've mentioned, mm-hmm. that is Northern Irish, I would pick yeah. them ahead of. The, I would, I'll be honest with you, I would. If a player was at the same level, I would slightly have the preference of a player that's born and bred Northern Ireland. But I, I welcome anyone that wants to come, no matter where they come from. We'll take anyone we can get. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I meant if if someone isn't Northern Irish, they would need to be at a better level than what is available within Northern Ireland. Okay, we'll wrap it up in the next couple of minutes. And just to just come back on, on on one of your points, Ben. You know, obviously, as Craig says, one of the things about um, Barkov was he, he was bringing through the young players. We've talked, uh, you know, a million times this podcast. He's made McCann, he's made Ballard, he's made Lavery into full internationals. These are guys we, apart from Lavery, he's been in the Irish League, guys we hadn't really heard of at all a year and a half ago when he was appointed, and he's done that. He's done that successfully. But his remit wasn't just to bring those players through anyone can do that anyone can put a player in the pitch his remit was to you know his job isn't to make Daniel Ballard the best Northern Irish centre half his job is to have Daniel Ballard in the team and have Northern Ireland win football matches and uh, I don't know Nations League um, I guess it's, it's 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 a question of how crucial the Nations League is and it's, it really really is crucial and um, we have to get that right I as I say I probably would favour it slightly because he's brought them through and you know the Nations League we are playing weaker opposition um, but if we're not pissing a league C group, then then we really he played, have to be he worried. played weaker opposition tonight. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. And what did you know now with them? Yeah, you know, Bulgaria are in that league as well. I I, I think that um, you know there has to become a point where you either decide you're going to cut your losses, you know, or you're just going to go keep chasing that, you know, chasing that bet that's not going to come, you know, come to fruition. Um, and I just don't I don't feel like he is going to come to fruition. Um, you know, I, I listen. If he gets a job and he goes, I will support him, and I completely hope that I am proven very much wrong. Um, I, I think it comes down to it comes down to obviously the results. They're not. They're not. They've not been great. Northern Ireland are never going to have a better win record than than loss, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But it also comes down to just overall decision making. You know, I think he's very reactive. You know, tonight you can see where the game's going. He doesn't make any subs until it becomes two one. You know, he has to, and I think that's been throughout his tenure, his Mm -hmm. subs have to come faster. He has to sort of react. He has to be watching the game as opposed to waiting for something to happen, you know, and, 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 you know, ignoring the obvious. Yeah, I mean, that's completely fair. I mean, uh, Craig Benz made it quite obvious what he wants, but uh, are you, say you're making a decision tomorrow, are you giving him a new contract for the Nations League? 
God. Um, I think I, I think I just about am if it's tomorrow. Um, I think my final decision obviously depends on uh, on his, his result next next month and and not the one against Italy <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because you know I think that'll be a massive one and that uh, as Ben said earlier those are the games that you expect you go into the the, the qualifying campaign expecting to win those games um, and and we haven't won enough of them so far I think if he gets that I think he just just about holds on um, for the Nations League and then. We'll see from there, but yeah, it, it just it feels really difficult at the minute because we don't feel as if we have much hope right now. Um, even though we'll be in a, a, a you know a, a Nations League that on paper we should absolutely be be making the playoff spot. Okay, so we've got one no and two just about. All right, I think we'll we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much to Craig Hannon. Thank you very much to Ben Harshaw. And thank you very much to all you listeners who have tuned in over the last month. The numbers have been really good and I have you guys to thank for that. Uh, we will still be back for post-match shows and previews of the next two games in uh, in November, even though they may well be the deadest rubber there has ever been. Um, but uh, until then, thank you very much for all the support and see you next time. Bye-bye.